1: Welcome, my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson, and I'm joined by my co-host for Tactical Tuesday, Mr. Jonathan Chai. How are you doing, sir?
2: Doing good. Got a pretty exciting episode, pretty exciting uh, string of hands lined up today. Um, The theme is going to be setting some traps and hopefully catching some right i don't know what i'm hoping to catch but catching some chips i guess is 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 really what i'm hoping for um so yeah Yeah. i have a have four hand tuesday queued up the first one doesn't really follow the theme the first one is sort of um sort of the setting the trap perspective from the the um from the other side where i was the one that was worried that i was getting trapped um but it sort of gave me the idea to ask the question of like when should i trap on the river versus just going for the value myself
1: yeah so uh you you want to be the trapper not the trappee, right
2: mm-hmm. but in this first hand i'm i might be the trappee.
1: you're worried about being the trappee. Mm-hmm. all right let's let's dive into the action uh so everybody folds you on the button ace eight of spades you open to 3x the big blind calls uh 65 in the pot looks like you're starting 100 bigs deep Flop is Mm -hmm. eight, five, three, eight of hearts, three and five of clubs. So you flop top, the old top, top, uh, the big blind checks and you go ahead and bet 70%. Um, I presume this is, yeah, you're going to be your only size here. Um, or or at least the, the primary size, the 70%, the bit, the big bet and the opponent calls. I think like, Again, not really much to talk about here. I think this size is very expected on uh, 8 high board, two-tone. Lots of things can change. You want to get in while the getting's good with your top pair, um, top kicker. The turn is the king of diamonds. So the board is king, eight, five, three, two clubs, 157 in the middle, villain checks. And this is actually kind of an interesting note.
2: Yeah, this is the first... uh first note or the first street that I really wanted to talk about um kind of feels like we can go a lot of different ways here I don't think it would be crazy to go for three streets with ace eight um in this situation sort of feels like the king is a little bit of a brick when a little bit more of a brick when we start out with the big size on the flop the really the only hands that we're all that concerned about continuing and, and improving on this turn are like hands like king five suited king three suited maybe like King X of Clubs or King X of Hearts. Um, so basically, the the what I'm saying is that I think the King on the turn, while it's while it is an overcard and um you know might look a little bit scary, I don't think should change our our value betting plan all that much. Um, unless we're planning on unless we were planning on kind of just going for two streets with top pair top kicker on this board and and then it sort of gives us the option of like checking back the turn and going for a bet on the river. But like I said at the beginning of this turn discussion, don't think it's like that crazy to just go bet, bet, bet with Ace-8. What do you think?
1: I think it's totally reasonable to go bet, bet, bet with Ace-8, okay. especially when you, you start out with the big size. You mentioned some hands, you know, there, there's going to be some removal. Um, King X of clubs is going to check, raise the flop at some frequency. Um When you bet big on the flop, it makes it more difficult for backdoor hearts. So King X of hearts to mm-hmm. just check, call the flop. So there is some removal for the backdoor hearts, the the King X of hearts as well. So really you're looking at like King five and King three would be the primary uh, scary, um, scary hands or the primary like King eight, I guess. King eight too, but you have an eight. So, you know, I'm I'm heavily discounting that, but it it is in there. Um, And then there's like, there's going to be just a ton of five X tray X eight X, especially when you bet big on the flop. Um, The King actually From their perspective, um, can just give you a lot more bluffs, right? It'd be very easy to overbluff on this card. So you know, essentially, like if it's easy for a villain to perceive you to be overbluffing, you can expand your value range um, to a hand like this and just kind of go for it. Target five x, tray x, those type of hands. Um, And I think that's probably the path that I prefer. Uh, The biggest downside to expanding your turn value range is that you're susceptible to you know getting check raised uh by villains like gut shots or open enders um those type of hands if you if you do go for it and they know you go for it but i think that i could kind of live with that reality and target their single paired hands
2: i think if i had to play this hand again i would just bet the turn in in game as you guys will soon see i decided to check back and just go for the two street slash bluff catch river option. Um, but even while I was kind of playing this hand, I, I, on the turn, I, I don't know, I was, I felt like aware of the, just, you know, this bet, the turn option, target their, their five X or three X, the the worst eight X in their range. Um, and then kind of evaluate whether or not I, I feel like I have a river value bet. Once we, once we get there, um, I did decide to check back here and, and just play the two street game though.
1: Yeah. And I think too, like you can place a pretty big bet here. where there's going to be a fair amount of rivers where you're probably not like you you may be able to place a bet, but it's not going to be a big bet, like a nine, Mm -hmm. um, a club, a six, a seven, a four, a deuce. Um, those, those cards, I don't really think a queen, Jack or 10 are especially threatening, but there are some, some of those like straightening cards and flush completers where, yeah, you're probably going to have the best hand quite often, but you're not able to like, just blast it. Um, like, like you could, you know, Place a big bet here on the turn. Plus, there's yeah, a, like the rivers that are clean, you get the opportunity to go bet, bet, bet with Ace Eight, and I think that's really mm. nice.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point. That like the five X very likely calls now or almost never folds facing the turn C bet, but once it becomes fourth pair on the river, is is more likely to fold facing a facing a bet there. So there is like some kind of immediate value in targeting the the pairs before they get downgraded to even worse pairs yeah oh, you, which you is gonna happen on almost every river.
1: you're just not gonna be able to bet like super big, right yeah, like, you yeah. just you're gonna have to size down to target mm-hmm. their like fourth pairs, and yeah that that makes it kind of sucky river situation or potentially sucky,
2: but, so I check and I check back like I say,
1: yeah,
2: oh, got a pretty good river
1: yeah it's it's a river, um five of hearts, so pairs, second pair, um not a card that I would triple. <laughs> If I did bet the turn, Uh, Mm -hmm. this is another kind of interesting, you know, I'm not exactly sure what happens here in this hand, but uh, another like interesting aspect to it is like on this, like river five, you know, you just check behind with your ace eight and get your turn value. Now here on the river, it becomes like questionable as to whether you're going to be able to bet or not.
2: I think it would have been much closer for me had my kicker not played with my eight. And, and, you know, it's just very likely that a lot of the, a lot of their check calls on the flop facing big bet, and then check calls on the river. I'm going to be chopping with when I have like you know eight nine or or sorry, uh, yeah eight nine or jack eight or a hand like that where the the king is both of our kickers. I felt like I really just had to bet this eight uh, x on the river, given that I I have ace eight and you know can just get called by all the eight x that. I don't think are going to fold facing stop and go and, and, you know, sort of have the added excuse of like, Hey, I just chop with all the other eight X unless it's, unless it's ACE eight.
1: Yeah. I always get so wary when like, we don't really have a five. And so like we, we have like a King and that's the top of our range when we Uh play the hand in this manner and opening the door, To get check raised on the river is like pretty terrifying.
2: Yeah, I. Okay, let's just run the river action.
1: (laughs) Okay, so you go with seventy percent, and you get raised. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, as I said, right, like you're. You have only King X here to value bet. Um. Now you, you have quite a conundrum, right? Like do we call when villain has a ton of five X to push equity with how often does a five actually just bet the river themselves, which, you know, is, is a very interesting question. I think that in general trips would be inclined to bet, to bet the river, um, versus going for a check raise because. You know to to go for a check raise you, you essentially need to be targeting hands that want to put in two bets on the river which would be an eight ace ace eight exactly yeah. uh hands that beat an eight and a king um when i think about it though like really if they bet the river they're kind of targeting all those same hands anyway with the five mm-hmm. so a check Check actually does seem superior if they can see it in game. The only hands that you miss value by checking would be uh
2: the eight X eight, eight that X. doesn't value bet the river. Yeah, yeah. like is. my jack nines and eight nines.
1: Yeah. And I think there's like a decent argument where like there are a lot of players who will bet an eight, like for a third or something on the river, like mm. ball.
2: Yeah, like people just get a little little bit too greedy on the river and maybe do something like block the river in position with With all their eight x and and just try to target a three or pocket sixes or something like that.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I I think it is a spot where like villain could find a check with a five, like could reasonably find a check with a five. Um, It it's (laughs) that that's just that's just kind of why you know I mentioned before like that that I'm wary of opening the door here on the river with yeah. I just want to
2: I want to like put myself in the big blind shoes a little bit longer so. From his perspective, we bet really big on the flop and then check back the churn. And mm-hmm. I think that like, you know, if I was in this guy's shoes and we'll, we'll see a few few hands where I actually am, like I sort of read into that as like, okay, they picked like a polar size on the flop, which means that it's strongish value like these ace 8 type type hands and and a uh, handful of air, whatever bluffs they decide to yep. bet big on the flop. And when we get to the river, that entire range kind of just wants to bet the river. Right. Once once the turn gets checked through, like the strong, you know, all the overpairs, all the hands that were overpairs on the flop, likely bet the river. Yeah. The strongest 8x likely bets the river, and then the bluffs that are, you know, presumably still nothing, or maybe the bluffs improved to king x on the river, which is also wants to bet the river. But basically, that whole range that bets big on the flop and checks the turn wants to bet the river.
1: Yeah, which um, makes me lean towards folding facing the check raise, but also kind of makes me lean to checking behind.
2: Um, yeah so you're just like you're you're sort of your plan here is like you see all that stuff you you know good reg in the big blind you assume that he sees a lot of this stuff and that it's pretty straightforward for them to find the check on the river with super strong hands maybe hands like king eight five x um you know boats like king five or stuff like that are you know maybe can just easily find the check given given all that um all that info are you reading into like her uh check raise size here at all as sort of like this last piece like do you think a five would pick the size on the on the river or do you think that they likely might go bigger is this this is a pretty small size that's all things considered like is that i
1: mean the thing about the size is like uh, so like let, let's kind of assume that the reg sees the situation cleanly mm-hmm. they can't they so probably big. just can't jam like they, they, yeah. they probably just recognize like uh, they don't really have you know a hand they don't really have a, a range that can call a jam which by the way is another reason why opening the action is like very scary like because if they have the thought oh they, they they don't really have a hand that can call a jam well that makes jamming let me that makes like splitting sizes here on the river like splitting with your 5x and then jamming with your bluffs absolutely murderous um like it, it is just like absolutely horrendous for us So if
2: anything, if you're kind of reading into the size at all, you might think that this size is more likely to be 5X and the larger sizes are more likely to be the air because, you know, strong reg that recognizes they they can check and expect the bet quite frequently in this spot probably is also strong enough to recognize how to split sizes, you know, exploitatively and efficiently.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not, I, I think like once you make it to this, once you make it to this point, it's pretty trivial, right? To, to come up with the, um, yeah the strat, yeah, but like, like sometimes a lot of the time, you know, there's a lot of removal to value when villains check. Um, and I think it is like really, really important to recognize the spots where there's less removal with value when villains check due to the way the situation is set up, like how you described it, where just all the hands that bet big on the flop have a lot of incentive to bet the river facing a check which means that, you know, their value is incentivized to check, right? Like mm. it just, and there's not a lot of value removal when they do check, which means like you have to be really wary when then value betting with a capped range because mm. you just put yourself in a world of hurt.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I think that's like an argument for, or like those are the arguments for finding a fold on the river with a8 or maybe not even betting the river at all with a8. I think the argument for betting the river and calling a raise um has a lot to do with uh what I think a big portion or at least like a significant portion of this check raise range is going to be comprised of. And I think that portion is hands that were bluff catchers on the flop and still bluff catchers on the river. Think of a hand like maybe pocket sixes or pocket sevens, maybe 3x, pocket three, deuces, pocket yeah. fours, yeah, those types of hands that have tons of equity when the turn gets checked through and the river gets checked through, but starts getting worried that they don't have enough equity to check call once the turn gets checked through. And then I pick a big size on the river again. And they're like, wow, okay, this, it feels like this guy is value betting. um, And it feels like I can't call profitably with my pocket pairs that are smaller than an eight or my three X or, or whatever they decide to check call the flop with. Um, I'm going to turn this into a bluff. Now, now that I realize that I, I can't check call or I very likely can't check call. Um, and I think that's like the region that I like. You said A three, like those are the types of hands that I expect to see when I bet, call here, and and win. And then when I lose, I you know obviously it's just the five X. I I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, again, like I think like I would just fold here, but I wouldn't have bet the river. I don't think in the first place. Yeah. But a lot of times, like that, like that is a good thought, right? And I, I think that's it's good to think along those terms. However. It, it becomes like really nice when there's some value removal to their best hands. <laughs> like, like yeah. it, that, that's where the thought, like, to me it, it is works the best when like they value bet a lot of their, their better hands on the river, but then they check, which leaves them with a bunch of bluff catchers, which then when they do check raise, they have a bluff catcher, uh, you know, like a pair that's getting turned into a bluff, like very wide range. Um, so, Anyway, yeah,
2: but this I, is a spot where it's very natural for them to check their, uh, I think their so. value that check raises. Sure,
1: yeah. like they, they can yeah. check that other range too, but it's also like they should also have you know a bunch of value in their range as well. So, right, you know, right. it makes it much more difficult to kind of navigate.
2: Yeah, um, relative to other rivers or other spots, other similar spots, this is a spot where they probably don't have removal to their super strong value when they check. Yeah, and or not as much removal.
1: The the reality is like they're not always going to raise those like low pairs, right? They're they're not like, they're going to call with those at some frequency. So like the fact that, you know, they're kind of going to be splitting strategies, they're going to call some, they're going to raise some. Um, but then like, if we see it cleanly, then they're checking most of their value on the river just makes it like, especially scary. Um, you really need them to have very little value, um, in order to kind of bank on that because like, again, they're, they're going to call with some of their, their bluff catchers that are small pairs. Then they're gonna raise with some of them, but there yeah. is removal. Um you know, that they're, they're
2: they call some of their bluff catchers, they fold some of their bluff catchers, and they raise some of their bluff catchers, but they raise all of their five X on yeah, the river. Always and A- every single time. It's very possible that they check all of their five X on the river yeah. too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Great. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I um well, you know, tactical Tuesday, you know me. I am not big on making hero folds, so I just right. hope that they have enough of these types of <laughs> and yeah. Luckily this time, he he does.
1: They have the the old ace tray. Um and yeah, nice call. You're...
2: I almost feel like when I bet the river, I like I made up my mind. You know, like I, I sort of like did the thought process in my head of like, all right, this could happen, and I'm opening myself up for this to happen on the river. And like I almost like pre bet called the river before yeah, before betting 70. I don't know if that's good or not, right? Because like like you said, this is a spot where it's natural for them like I, I could just be completely torching in the spot with the mentality.
1: I think it's good. Uh, I, I think it's really good to think about, you know, what are you going to do if you get raised before you bet, um, and have a plan and and like, that's, that's the reason why I wouldn't have bet was because I would bet fold if I got raised. And so like, I don't want to open that door basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I I have the same thought as you, like I'm planning what to do, what do I do if I get raised and my plan is like, oh, I'm probably going to fold. Well, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) I don't want to open that door. Therefore uh, I just decide to to check behind. But you know, I think
2: (laughs) my thought process, I think if you could like have heard my internal dialogue on the river, it would have been really funny. I'm pretty sure it was something like, okay, I'm gonna do this, and I bet the river, and then he goes into the tank, right? And I'm like, shit, 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 he's got a check race, he's got a check race. (laughs) And then he picks the check race size, and I'm like, oh, thank god, it's small. And then I'm like, wait, is that good?
1: (laughs) Apparently it's good. Yeah, apparently Um, it's good. Apparently it's good. Well so much for running into the the crazy above the rim villains um in the first half of today's tactical tuesday let's uh take a break we're man 20 minutes in to hand number one we got three more coming at you after the break and this one was it was supposed to be i don't know is
2: this supposed to be the easy one or well the other ones i'm i'm, I'm the trapper so there's less fear <laughs> <laughs> less fear less discussion
0: all
1: right coming back after the break
0: the decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy too tight and they know what you have too loose and you're easy to run over pre-flop boot camp from chasing poker greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your pre-flop game. And creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training. Over 60 optimal ranges. And access to a dedicated community of players that will push your pre-flop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. In a world where a fish dog bets the flop... And you don't know what to do. One man, Coach Brad Wilson, has a surefire plan to neutralize flop leads and rip that dunk to shreds. Nuffle. Available now. Go to slash Nuffle. Rated R. 100 NL player, former Sergeant Elijah Shears. Before I got Nuffle, I had run into a lot of dog bets, And I think once you play a certain amount of hands, you know there's something wrong with our opponent's strategies, but you don't know how to play to maximize CP against it. And it's very frustrating. I looked at the document and I couldn't believe that I paid money for it. I actually doubted that it could provide value because it was so brief. But since then, it's repaid me just over and over and over again. And it's one of the most consistent money makers built into my strategy that sheds light on just how bad your opponents are. And it took me 20 minutes to perfect it, and it's just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm speechless. It's just that good. The simplicity of it is part of it being a masterpiece. <laughs> Nuffle. Go to slash courses.
1: All right welcome back from the break um looks like coach brad incident again with hand number one john you've been on fire these these last few weeks i don't know if you're you know trying to make a bid to claim the top billing for tactical tuesday or what exactly is going on but seem to be in the zone lately
2: it's not a a massive heater where i can't make a can't make a wrong decision
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah it's strange how you've been on that heater
2: for most of your poker career no, what do you mean? The early tactical Tuesdays? I'm sure the listeners have seen all, all my face plants. Yeah. There was a tactical Tuesday where I turned trips into a bluff on the river trying to fold out a boat.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't remember that one, but it sounds like a good time. We we need to give the, the listener that episode number. Yeah. All right. Back to business here. Cutoff opens 2.5 X. We got three hands, so we we got to get through them. Um, you defend the big blind nine ten off. All right,
2: kind of wide, I guess. Assuming yeah, the cutoff is slightly weaker, yeah. i Don't think this would be a, a standard defend facing cutoff two point five x for me. But let's but go. We are. Queen five three. What a flop!
1: You can't make bad bad decisions. So here we go. Um, you've got thirteen hundred behind. They have you covered. So you do have a little bit of depth here. Um, you check. They bet a third. You've got a one-gap three straight with undercards. I ain't folding. He ain't folding.
2: I have a second pair draw.
1: Yeah, second pair draw. A couple of them. Um, yeah. So queen five three. John's got the 9-10. He calls a third. Jins the turn, the Jack of clubs. So <laughs> now he's got an open ender. <laughs> he goes we're, from we're three straight, the best way possible. Three straight to four straight, baby. We're we're styling <laughs> and profiling um turn goes check check so also pretty good for you the river is a king of diamonds and that is an interesting card so you make a straight because you can't miss and hmm,
2: hmm, hmm. to trap or not to trap
1: i know that's that's i have a hand that definitely wants
2: to play for more than one bet Definitely. Generally, the best way to play for more than one bet is to check and go for a check raise. Is this one of those spots?
1: Probably. Okay. I mean, I think it's going to be like... i going to check and probably face... Mm.
2: <laughs> what do you think about right now? The size that I'm going to face when I check?
1: Yeah. thinking about the size you're going to face when you check i'm considering like how betting small might do and bet three betting um thinking about what villain does when they bet big after you check and then you check raise and like how you probably do have ace 10 in your range here um and that that should be obvious to villain after they bet three bet what bluffs would you have um if you if you check raise or bet three bet uh th- those are all kind of the things that are going through my head right now and it's tough this is this is actually like a really tough spot um t- tell me uh, i guess what, what what you're thinking
2: uh i mean my i was way more simplistic i think in my thought process i didn't i was not thinking of a lot of the things you just mentioned i was sort of sticking to the lines of like, how do I play for as much money as possible? Uh, Feels like a lot of their bluff catchers. If I bet the river big or just some call, uh, just given that they don't have tons of strong hands once the turn goes check check. Um, so maybe I can get some of their thinner value bets to bet the river and call it off. Maybe I can get their strong value bets to bet the river and definitely call it off. And then maybe I can pick off a few bluffs that we're giving up on the turn.
1: All right, reasonable. So, you check, Mm -hmm. they overbet, which is okay.
2: So, this was not part of my plan.
1: (laughs) Well, at least I thought about what size I was likely to face (laughs)
2: when I checked, and I knew that
1: this size is definitely, you know, in in the ballpark, right? Like, I was good though, right?
2: That this size is in the ballpark. That's good for checking,
1: it is good. Now, check raising and having bluffs that's where it becomes problematic, I think.
2: Yeah, also just getting called by worse hands when we decide to check. Uh, when we decide to check raise this size, right? Like what what value hands does the cutoff have that, that are happy to call a check raise and actually lose to ten yeah. nine?
1: Two pair, maybe.
2: It's like two pair that doesn't bet the turn, so like King Jack exactly. King five, maybe king three, probably not an open from the cutoff. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Thought you were the trapper this time, not the yes, I,
2: dude. I, I thought I was the trapper and then I faced this size on the river and I was like, oh my god, am I <laughs> Am I about to trap myself? Because I think I'm still gonna raise.
1: I mean, the good thing is I think you can raise and then fold to a three bet.
2: Yeah, that was my plan.
1: Like a, I, I think I think you just probably have to raise and then fold if they jam.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so go for it.
2: Yeah, that's what with, I think. Like, <laughs> what size do you like, think I raised to? Um, hmm,
1: hmm, hmm. probably like three point five x ish. So four,
2: Dang.
1: four something, four eighty.
2: That's way bigger than what I was thinking. Ah, uh, <laughs> you clicked it. Ah. Uh,
1: Man, like, this is another one of those like situations where I'm like, hmm,
2: yeah, like, wouldn't they just jam ace ten when they click it? What does that mean? yeah
1: yep. Yeah. You create this weird dynamic where like now it's like, oh, I have like ace four. Should I just bet three bet? Um,
2: yeah, where I have like ten eight of hearts. You know, just
1: yeah. I was trying to raise to a, to a, an amount that like made it clear that like, hey, I'm I'm not like. I'm not messing around here. I have like (laughs) um you know, I have like the nuts or
0: nothing, essentially.
2: Yeah. Maybe I was like too concerned with getting the the two pairs to call and stuff like that and was a little worried that once I start going to like the four the four hundreds or or you know, much bigger than this, that those hands might even Yeah start folding.
1: So so to be clear, if you had six seven, right? On the river. You would just raise Oops. to like four hundred facing the overbed every time. No, no. They're they're gonna fold two pair. Is that
2: that's a good that's a that's, that's how it works, a works, right? do oh, no, no no. That's when they have six when when I have six seven they're they, they have uh ace ten. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I when I have ten nine, they have some king jack.
1: If you if you have to size down to get the two pair to call, then that makes the spot pretty juicy for bluffing.
2: Yeah, that's true. Maybe it is a spot that's juicy for bluffing. Small on the flop, check check, turn and yeah. Oh, they have the the six Dewey, so it doesn't.
1: Man, this yeah. guy's getting after it. No wonder you called the nine ten. Yeah, 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 that's for, that's... Off? That's... yeah. That's 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 yeah. All right, let's move on to hand number two. So, you made the nuts, got the overbet. Very nice. I wonder if the small bet would have induced possible. Probably
2: from. Then what do you do? <laughs> then you're in a similar conundrum, right? Hmm. <laughs> um do i induce from enough hands that aren't ace 10. (laughs) let's click it again all right
1: (laughs) so hand number three everybody folds to the button the button opens two big blinds looks like you're playing 500 nl probably some sort of fast fold variant
2: yeah gonna Uh, be defending the six five offsuit facing the min open from the button this one is not a not a wide defend um I don't, I don't think the button is a fish, basically, is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Um,
1: Dylan Beth's pot on Jack-10-6 with the Jack-6 of diamonds. You have the Six of Hearts-5 of diamonds, which is the probably the best 5-6 you could have. Um, a 6 with a 5 of diamonds. It's at least we make two pair. It's not a diamond. Um, so I presume you call, because that would be a silly tactical tuesday uh you turn a six which of course oh and very sad for you the turn checks through mm-hmm. i guess mm, now that i look at this this turn seems pretty donkable to me
2: yeah yeah i think this would be a a good turn to donk what about when villain starts out with a plot does that does that change like a rep- affect your your donking idea at all like are are you I, I don't think it would be crazy to be like okay when they see that pot on the flop i'm just not going to have a donking range on the turn um i mean the bigger they go the more polarized they typically are so
1: you know like they they can bet jack 10 here reasonably they can bet over yeah, bases, on the flop yeah like they can bet sure, ace, sure. jack so like they have like a bunch of hands that aren't like boats that that bet big on the flop and they have very few like I mean, maybe they have like the 10 six suited or jack six suited, but very heavily removed due to you having a six and two being on the board. So, I mean, like to me, I, I think they're just all the overpayers, jack 10. I thought those hands jack. would just bet
2: the turn, though, right? Like the hands that I'm worried about checking back on the turn are like the hands that were strong one pairs on the flop, like the strong jack X's, right? You're gonna are going to raise? Like, okay. If like they like bet I, I hmm? turn.
1: Are you going to raise if they bet the turn? Depends on what size. Okay,
0: 70%. Yes. Overbet. No.
1: Okay. What's the difference?
2: <laughs> I just don't think that I, I think that. Well, I guess like maybe versus pot on the flop, 70 on the turn that I wouldn't have any low equity check raises. That's very likely correct. Although, I don't know, maybe like a hand like 8-9 or Seven eight, seven, nine, I'd be tempted to check raise on this turn. Um yeah, maybe there isn't a difference between seventy and one like one twenty-five or one fifty. I'd I'd mostly just be check calling versus both sizes.
1: Yeah, the the reason why I press is like if you're gonna be putting in one bet most of the time, regardless, then yeah. you can put it in yourself.
2: Yeah, make sure it goes in.
1: Um so anyway, we can we can move on now to the yeah to the river but I, I, I donkey would definitely be on the table here um the ten like in their pot range another hand that could go pot on the flop would be like 10x of diamonds like if they mm-hmm. just want really wanted to like ace mm-hmm. 10 10 9 10 8 of diamonds and 7 of yeah. diamonds something like yeah, that really yeah, yeah. reasonable yeah.
2: Um, or even just like hands with equity that can that might check back right a hand like king queen right might just decide to check back once it bets pot on the flop and gets called and gets a board pairing turn but yeah. would very likely call a donk
1: King, queen, eight, nine, queen, nine. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, River is the tray of spades. um, And this creates the opposite of hand number one situation almost where you have lots of incentive to check here. And I think you probably should check and all the hands that bet big on the flop should bet the river or have a lot of incentive to bet the river as well. So you're just, I I can't imagine you doing anything other than checking the river.
2: Yeah. And I think that's like that's why I brought that data point in on the flop because or sorry, in hand number one is because like that's that's really like one of the one of the biggest data points or maybe the only data point I, I really look for when I'm when I'm in these situations and I'm deciding whether or not to check the river or bet the river with a really strong hand. Like big bet on the flop, check back turn just feels like so much of that range needs or wants to bet the river. Um and like you said, I'm I'm pretty happy to check my trips into that range.
1: And you get an overbet. What a surprise. Damn. I can't imagine you doing anything other than jamming. I mean, there are six combos of boats. Do boats, I guess, like this top set just bet pot on the flop? Maybe. But not always. Tens probably does. Do they check back the turn um, on a board where like you have a lot of six x on the turn and mm-hmm. you have you know I, I don't expect them to like bet big on the turn once they turn a boat but like the seventy percent size is totally reasonable. Um, you, you already mentioned how you'd be inclined to raise with some like open enders and your six x facing seventy percent. So like I just can't imagine doing something other than than jamming. Like, they, they're yeah. they're kind of asking for it, right, in the same way that you were asking for it in the first hand. Where, yeah,
2: I guess I was, like, mostly asking about jam um, from the perspective of, like, the last hand where I didn't jam and you didn't advocate for jamming. Um, is there, like, why is this spot kind of, well, how does this spot different from the last one where, you know, you said you'd do, like, a three or four x-rays. I clicked it. Um,
1: SPR was a lot higher in yeah. number one. Uh-huh. Um, this one villain bet 150. So the final board is Jack 10 663. Uh villain bets 150 to 65 and you have 544 left. So it's like a little more than a 3x jam. Um so that's that's the jam size.
2: Sure. Okay. I'm pretty okay, yeah, nice. I <laughs> got the, worried for a second that I didn't jam.
1: Nah, you put the money in, you put the money in. They fold the queens. Woohoo. Good fold. Good fold by them. Also,
2: probably should have donked the turn. Donk the turn, jammed the river. Yeah, Queens. Just stack Queens.
1: All right. So grand finale here in this XL Tactical Tuesday episode because of the four hand bonus hands this week. Um, so hijack opens to 25. They have like 100 bigs. John has him covered. John calls with the five, four of hearts. The flop is the queen. Nine, five. No hearts. So bottom pair. John checks. Villain bets something. Big but not too big. Yeah, big, big but not too big. Um suspecting villain may be on the weak weaker
2: side with this. Uh, maybe two thirds is just the C bet's C bet.
1: Yeah. I can't so tell how much money is in there with rake, but it's nice and round. Yeah. Thirty dollars. They bet thirty into fifty-five. John goes ahead and turns a five again. Does he donk this time, ladies and gentlemen? Let's see. No, he doesn't. Uh, and the turn goes check check. What a surprise! <laughs> Not going to advocate for donking this time because this hand is exactly the same as the one before. Um, River's the king of clubs, and that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one because now I think you can go for the check raise, and I think villain has enough hands to probably call a check raise. Because um, in this yeah, what case, is the, what does the king change? The king demotes your nine x. Um, it demotes your pocket pairs, the sixes and the sevens. It really like decreases the value of that category of hands significantly. Mm-hmm. So you know. Just that gives you available ammo to raise the river and and basically bluff with. Um, gives me more.
2: Yeah. Gives me the opportunity to like rep the range that I thought the guy with ace three was repping when he check raises.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically.
2: Like, oh shit, I was checking because I had a bluff catcher, but now that you've picked this size on the river, I realize that I need to, I can't check call. So I'm going to do something else.
1: I mean, basically, basically, it just gives you available bluffs or av- hands hands that are like very obvious bluffs, bluff candidates that you might mm-hmm. be bluffing with on the river. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go ahead and bet eighty four into one fifteen. Um, I don't think you just. I probably like.
0: Yeah.
2: Not jam. <laughs>
1: Not jam. No, like yeah. 311 or something like that. I don't know why.
2: Let's see what size I go to. 311, something close, hopefully. Good, good band. Uh, $17 off. Yeah, 294,
1: you go. And they fold again.
2: It doesn't eh. work. They never fall for it.
1: Yeah, they never They never do it. They just it's have okay. We get them to now. put in tons
2: of money with nothing, though.
1: Yeah. So that'll do it basically you're trapping a bet versus bluffs was the the real theme of this the hidden theme
2: at the there's room. one guy with the queens that completely destroyed me on every street <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. and...
1: <laughs> I forgot about that one good good call John good call um well trapper Trappee, I'll let the, the podcast and the YouTube Watchers and listeners. Sounds like I just
2: need to donk turns more. That's like what we learned from this episode. <laughs> we didn't really learn anything about rivers or when to check or like whatever, whatever. It's just, hey, when you turn trips after check calling the, the, the flop, you should seriously consider leading out. <laughs> yeah,
1: when they bet big and they probably don't have bottom pairs in their range, they're probably yeah. going to check the turn quite a bit with yeah. most of their range. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Thank you for listening. And... That's all we'll I see
0: have. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. You a lone wolf searching for the ultimate pack? The CPG Wolf program is a close-knit brotherhood, hell-bent on one thing only, chasing poker greatness. (laughs) powered by bleeding edge wolf strats and led by coach brad and his lieutenants cpg wolves are systematically prepared for almost any spot they'll encounter on the green felt if you want to plug into an elite team and have a step-by-step game plan to realize your full poker potential you can apply at cpgwolves.com Space is limited, and the pack is only as strong as its weakest member. So, only the hungriest, grittiest, and most driven will be accepted into the program. Applications are open at cpgwolves.com.